Welcome to Haven Today at Christmas time. It's the most wonderful time of the year, or so sings one of the more popular Christmas songs on the radio today. And while some might be dreaming of a white Christmas, others are dreading a blue Christmas. And I'm not talking about the Elvis Presley song. Today is the shortest day of the year in the Northern Hemisphere. The least amount of light here at the winter solstice. And that means many are struggling with depression. And some churches are holding special blue Christmas services today. It's a somber service for people who are experiencing grief leading up to Christmas. Songs are sung, scripture is read, and a message is given. A message that tells people it's natural to mourn, it's natural to be sad. But there is hope. And why? Because Jesus came to bear grief with you and for you. If you're hurting, come to Jesus this Christmas. He is the light of the world. He's also our comfort. I'm Charles Morris, and we're continuing in a series leading up to Christmas called Heartwarming Stories of Christmas. All week, we've been sharing heartwarming stories from Dickens' classic Christmas Carol to soldiers returning home to their families. But I find it interesting that even Christmas has its villains. The cold-hearted miser, Ebenezer Scrooge, who thought everyone who went around saying Merry Christmas should be boiled with his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. Or how about that Grinch? You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. I wouldn't touch you with a 39-and-a-half-foot pole. Dr. Seuss, just like Dickens, created a very nasty enemy of Christmas with his Grinch. And to this very day, we will call each other out for being a Scrooge or a Grinch. But even though Christmas has its villains, it also has its heroes. And on today's program, we're going to look at the real-life Christmas heroes named George and Mary Mueller. They ran a very large orphanage in the 19th century. And every Christmas, they sought to warm the hearts of the young ones they cared for with Christmas cheer and the gospel. So I invite you to stay with me. Let's warm our hearts with the gospel as well. And then after this program, I want to encourage you to make your year-end tax-deductible gift to this 100% listener-supported ministry that's always been all about Jesus for the last 90 years. And yes, you heard me right. This coming March, Haven Ministries will be turning 90. And to celebrate that, we've put together a calendar and reminder of God's faithfulness through the years. You'll enjoy seeing photos of our founder, first mate Bob. His real name was Paul Myers, along with the Haven of Rest Quartet. It's kind of a yearbook calendar full of photos we've never shared before. I've so enjoyed looking at it and reading the stories. And every month, you'll find scripture that'll remind you of God's faithfulness to you throughout the year. So I want to send you Haven's brand new 2024 calendar, celebrating 90 years of ministry for your year-end gift. Your support today 
will enable us to point not just you, but countless others around the world to Christ in the year to come. So, come to our website after the program, make your year in gift, ask for the calendar, look at samples of it when you're there. The web address is haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Or call us at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. And if you wanted to, but just haven't done it yet, you can still make a gift and ask for the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook Set, a great way to learn about God's kingdom in the Old and New Testaments, and it would be a real blessing for you or a family to read in this new year. And now let's open the program with Matt Boswell, Matt Papa, and one of their hymns, a Christmas hymn, a carol, Sing We the Song of Emmanuel. Sing we the song of Emmanuel, this the Christ who was long foretold, low in the shadows of Bethlehem, promise of dawn now our eyes behold. God most high in a manger lay, lift your voices and now proclaim, great and glorious, love has come to us, join now with the host of
You could just call that Gloria. Sing we the song of Emmanuel, Matt Boswell, Matt Papa, here on Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. You would hardly think it possible, but even Christmas has its villains. The cold-hearted miser Ebenezer Scrooge, who thought everyone who went around saying Merry Christmas should be boiled in his own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through his heart. Or how about that Grinch? Every who down in Whoville liked Christmas a lot, but the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, did not. The Grinch hated the whole Christmas season. Oh, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be, perhaps, that his shoes were too tight. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. But I think that the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. But whatever the reason his heart or his shoes, he stood there on Christmas Eve, hating the Who's. Staring down from his cave with a sour, grinchy frown at the warm-lighted windows below in their town. For he knew every Who down in Whoville beneath was busy now. Hanging a holly who wreath. That's how Dr. Seuss described the Grinch. A true villain of Christmas? But thankfully, there are more heroes of Christmas rather than enemies. If anyone has tried to measure George and Mary Mueller's hearts, they would not have been able to. Not because they were too small, but because they were so big. They helped to distribute almost 300,000 Bibles and one and a half million New Testaments and care for more than 10,000 orphans and start 117 schools offering a Christian education to more than 120,000 students in England in the 1800s. Amazing. But if you would have asked George Mueller who he was, he would have told you nothing. But the Lord Jesus... He would have said everything. Me and myself, worse than anything. But by grace, in Christ, I'm the son of the king. More than anything else, the Mueller's are Christian heroes, not because of all their great acts of service, but because they served the king of Christmas, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The Mueller's didn't accomplish all this in a flash. It took time and a lot of hard work, and a whole lot of prayer. And it all started in 1836 when George and Mary received 30 orphan girls into their home in England. A cholera outbreak in the town of Bristol had left many children without parents and without anyone to care for them. But within 10 years, they would open three more houses for 130 orphans, girls and boys, including young children. It didn't take long for the neighbors to complain. If you think your house gets busy, just imagine a day at the Mueller's. So before long, they opened up the Ashley Down Orphanage on the outskirts of Bristol, England. More space, fewer neighbors, and that meant they could take in as many as 2,000 orphans in five separate houses. Now, it's true that some orphanages were run by miserly men who cared little for those under their charge, 
Charles Dickens wrote about these sorts of places in his book, Oliver Twist. Let's listen into a scene from a recent adaptation to the big screen. This is the boy, born here in the workhouse, moved to the parish farm, nine years old today. Time to be moved back here. What's your name, boy? Oliver Twist. What, what? The boy's a fool. Boy, listen to me. You know you are an orphan, I suppose. Who's that? The boy is a fool. I thought he was. You know you've got no father or mother and that you were brought up by the parish, don't you? Yes, sir. What are you crying for? I hope you say your prayers every night. Pray for those that feed you and take care of you like, like a Christian. Yes, sir. Well, you have come here to be educated and to be taught a useful trade. A scene from the movie Oliver Twist that came out in 2005. The story of Oliver Twist is fiction, of course, but the experiences that Dickens wrote about were real enough. Maybe you're thinking that these orphans at Ashley Down must have been like poor little Oliver. But we know from those who grew up in these homes that Christmas was a very joyous time. One child wrote... Many years later, I was in house number two for seven years. I always enjoyed Christmas with all the games and putting up the decorations. I was very happy and enjoyed my stay there. Another child said, I imagine the decorations being readied and the secrecy of it all and then learning the lovely carols and the Christmas shop. Well, you know, Christmas was one of the three dates marked on the calendar to be celebrated every year. Each house at the orphanage had a large Christmas tree that the children helped to decorate, and every child received a present. Just imagine all those presents for all those children beneath those Christmas trees. There was also a common pool of money that they shared so that everyone would receive something on Christmas Day. Some of the staff even opened up small candy shops, sweet shops, they called them in England, in each of the houses. The children called them Christmas shops, and they were each given a small allowance to buy some candy. But one letter especially touched my heart. It said, Well do I remember the happy Christmases spent at house number four, the start of the preparations for the decorations, the arrival of the great big Christmas tree, nothing on it, but I knew before Christmas it would be loaded with toys and presents, and somewhere amongst the many there would be one for me. And when I read that, I couldn't think of a more appropriate picture of the gospel. You see, Isaiah 9, verse 6 tells us, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Just as the orphan in house number 4 knew that there was a present under the tree for her, Jesus was the greatest gift ever given to the world. The Father gave his only Son, so that all those who might receive him by faith would receive eternal life. Merry Christmas indeed! Christmas reminds us of God's goodness to us in Jesus Christ. This can be hard to believe for some of us. I know. Maybe your mother and father were not very good parents. 
Maybe you have a hard time trusting in others, and that includes God as well. If we think the Ashley Down Orphanage was like the one in Oliver Twist, then we can think that God must be like the mean old man who ran it. Do you remember the scene where the orphans were still hungry after eating their ration of nasty porridge that was served? They drew straws, and poor little Oliver drew the long one. He doesn't want to get up. But his friends poked and jostled him into bravery. So he stood up and slowly turned around. And with a painful look, he took a step forward. And then another. He thought about running back to his seat, but the headmaster had already spotted him. There was no turning back now. So he pressed on, step after painful step. The room seemed longer now under the headmaster's angry gaze. He looked so mad that Oliver wondered how... He hadn't burst into flames where he stood. He stopped before the serving pot with his bowl, and he asks a question. The movie, based on the book, Oliver Twist, poor little Oliver ran away from that mean old headmaster who didn't want to give the young boy any more that nasty porridge they were given to eat. And sometimes we run away from the Lord, not because he's actually like this mean old headmaster, but because we are afraid he might be. We don't want to bother him with our needs, or else we think he doesn't want to be bothered by us. He'll be angry with us. He doesn't care. But if we believe these things, we've swallowed the devil's lies, hook, line, and sinker. This isn't what Scripture tells us about the Lord at all. Psalm 68 tells us that the Lord is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing. You see to the least and the lowly, God is exceedingly good. He's more than good. You know, the Apostle Paul uses the word more in reference to the Lord, but in a very different way than the headmaster who bellowed out in his high-pitched more to Oliver's request for food. In Ephesians 3, Paul said, The Lord is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. God's more is beyond every good gift we can ask for, beyond anything we could ever imagine. There are times when I can imagine quite a lot, but the Lord is bigger, and He's better. And the gift of His Son on that very first Christmas, not to mention His cross and resurrection, these are all meant to remind us that the Lord is not only bigger and better than anything we can imagine, but that He also extends that goodness to us. Would you ask the Lord for more this Christmas? Then look no further than the Lord Jesus Christ.
Recorded at the Christmas Eve service way back in 1963 by the King's College Chapel Choir in Cambridge, England. Ding, dong, merrily on high. And you can find that as one of the carols on the double CD set called A Hundred Years of Nine Lessons and Carols. Here on this Haven Today, I'm Charles Morris. We're calling the program Heartwarming Stories of Christmas 2024 days away, and I'm looking forward to hanging up the brand new Haven calendar on our fridge, because I know I'm really going to enjoy looking at it all year. Its theme is celebrating 90 years of Haven Ministries, but it's more like a scrapbook, filled with rich stories and pictures going all the way back to Hollywood in 1934. And I know you'll enjoy going down memory lane with us as we praise God for his faithfulness these past nine decades. And in a month like April, you'll enjoy some great stories about the Haven Quartet. In October, you'll discover the near 50-year history of our Anchor Devotional. Every month, you'll find out something new and exciting to remind you all year long of God's faithfulness in your own life. So I want to send you this 2024 calendar celebrating 90 years of ministry for your year-end gift to Haven Today. Your support will help us point you, but countless others, to the light and love of Jesus along life's path in the year ahead. Just go visit our website, haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or call us at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And a quick reminder, if you wanted to but just haven't done it yet, you can still make a gift and ask for the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook set. Learn how the Old and New Testaments point to Jesus. You and the kids in your life will surely be blessed by this special hardback cloth-covered two-book set with brilliant illustrations coming in a really nice slipcase. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, together, we're going to celebrate Christmas in light of the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today.
Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. I'm sure you know someone who loves to talk, who can carry on a conversation all by themselves. Well, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 has some good advice for that person, but it's true for all of us. It says there's a time for everything, a time to be silent, a time to speak. And that's especially true in our relationship with God. It's so easy to do all the talking, to go on and on about our needs, our concerns, griefs, hurts. Now, certainly God wants us to pray, and we should, but there's a time to be silent before the Lord as well. And if you learn to listen, God will speak to your heart through his word by his spirit. So today, take some time and listen to him. Anchor's a daily devotional delivered in print monthly. Try it out for free at getanchor.com.